Rooster Tail Talk, a podcast dedicated to everything related to the sport we all love, hydroplane racing. I'm your host, David Newton, and it's time once again, so sit back, relax, and welcome to Rooster Tail Talk. It is July 27th, 2021, and this is episode 74. Now, many of us in the Seattle area and fans of hydroplane racing are sad or disappointed or have many other emotions that the Seafarer Regatta or Home Street Cup is not happening in person this year for the second year in a row. Without hydroplane racing on Lake Washington and the Blue Angels in the sky around the area, it doesn't quite feel like summer in Seattle. There is a void in the area and we're looking forward to hopefully going back to normal and having that once again next year. I had the opportunity to talk with Eric Corning, the CEO and president of Seafair, as we talk about the decision to cancel the Seafair festivities again for this year, as well as the current state of this organization of Seafair. How have they been doing during the pandemic and how have they survived all of the closures that have occurred? We also take a look at how the Seafair has grown over the years. We talk about how many years ago, it really was a race weekend along with Fleet Week and just a few other activities. But Seafair has really grown into being a summer-long activity with marathons, events, festivities occurring all summer long. So let's learn a little bit more about Seafair, what they have done to make it a bigger event, and what we can look forward to for next year. Well, today I am joined with the President and CEO of Seafair, Eric Corning. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, David. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm on summer break, so I'm normally a, a teacher during the day, so I'm enjoying summer right now. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you having you on the show. I love to talk more about Seafair and how what the current state of Seafair is, how Seafair is doing, how they've been able to survive this pandemic, and what we can look forward to in the future with it. But before we get there, I want to know a little bit more about yourself. Eric, did you grow up in around Seattle area? Are you a, a native of Seattle? I, I am, actually. I grew up up in the Bothell area okay. uh, and graduated from Bothell High School uh, many moons ago uh, and then went on to the University of Washington, where uh, where my Seafair career started as an internship uh, that, you know, lasted one summer uh, and then came back the next year and really just couldn't get this event production out of my, uh, out of my, it's just in my blood now and, and uh, nice. to be able to keep on doing this. So this is probably my 22nd Seafair season uh, this year. I took some breaks oh, off okay. about every decade. I'd head off into high tech or to somewhere else, but always came back to uh, working for Seafair, making these uh, large events happen. Excellent. Well, go dogs. I'm a, I'm a graduate myself. But it's safe to say, you know, Seafair was a big part of your life growing up. Oh, most definitely. I, I, have, I have a vivid memory at about six years old at the Bothell Fourth of July parade, um, doing a little bit of sword fighting with a uh, <laughs> with a Seafair pirate and a Vuvuzela. And at that, and this is the '70s, so the pirate took me out in front of the Moby Duck ship, and we were carrying it down the. You know, he's like, "You have to pull this thing," and we went about a block, and he's like, "All right, kid, go go back." And I'm like, "Where am I?" You know, I'm you know a block away from my folks and whatnot. But it was uh, uh, it seemed to be exhilarating at the time that they, you know, had that interaction with the pirates. And then, you know, over the years of hydroplane racing has always been around the Blue Angels and Torchlight Parade on television. And, and uh, it's, it was just a thrilling part of like growing up here. It's part of that summer culture that we uh, all knew about. 
and then uh, and then I got into college and, and got to trade sides and be on the other side where you're actually producing it and be able to see all the factors that come together to be able to make it happen. It's a, uh, it it it's it's something you either love or you're really going to hate. And we've seen that with folks in internships that that uh, that you know they they get into this and they're passionate about it and they just love the pace because it's just high paced and high energy and and you uh, have a deadline that's not moving. It's going to happen. Or you just hate it because there's like it's high energy and there's a deadline that's not moving uh, uh, for you. So um, anyway, it's it's one of those things that I just really love and I'm passionate about and really passionate about what it what it means to the community and what we're doing and uh, and what it you know the the larger stage that we create every summer for people to perform on and be able to come together as a community. Yeah, well, it's grown into a huge part of the the, the summer in Seattle. I would say you're a little bit braver than I was as a kid. I think the parrot scared me when I was a kid, so <laughs> I didn't get too close to him. Do you have any favorite like years or, or like like memories that are just really vivid in your mind of seeing? You know, yeah. So, I mean, there's when now as an now as somebody who works on producing the events and whatnot, there's been a lot of kind of those amazing behind the scenes pieces that you're just like, wow, did that really just happen? Um, the 50th anniversary of Seafair. Uh, back in 1999, we had uh, uh, Pat Cashman. Oh no, a 60th anniversary seafair. But Pat Cashman was our um, our King Neptune, and uh, <laughs> he went toe to toe with the pirates at the pirates' landing about trying to wipe up the crowd into being for the king and being against the pirates. And the crowd turned on him, and they were like, "Nope, we're all about being pirates today." It was the funniest thing, but it was uh, and it's so unscripted, and and uh, but it was. Uh, it was those moments when it's like really real when you're the community and that like the the kind of sense of uh, disbelief you just kind of you it's all raised and it's like all right well you know like we're all in this moment here together and then it just turns out to be so funny and Pat of of course is a is a pro at that sort of thing and and could really ham it up from there but you know it's there's moments like that there's when I started Seafair I uh, began working on the Torchlight Parade and uh, another parade that used to happen over in Bellevue called the Grand Balloon Parade. And really at the end of the day, when you were like, okay, I've put all my effort and time into this thing and like, I wanna have a moment to enjoy the parade. Really the, the uh, part that I really got the most satisfaction from was watching the kids and their families and the other folks who really got a chance to enjoy the parade. And, you know, this is just something that just comes out of the blue. It doesn't seem like anybody's doing it. You just set up a parade and people people came downtown and then they just cleaned it up and went away. And and uh, um, I got to know all the back end pieces of that. But the being able to see people enjoy that and be able to see the the various parts of the community all come together and sit on the street together to watch that. It was uh, it was something that really helped me understand that Seafair was much bigger than just us putting on events or the logistics or the sponsorship or any of those things. Yeah, well, fun memories to think, think back on Seafairs have gone by. It's just a funny memory mentioned with Pat Cashman. I know he's a kind of icon in Seattle with yeah. around the talk shows almost live. So it's just funny to think back on those on those moments. Well, like a little bit more about how you talk about your internship and going at University of Washington into to working for Seafair and the nonprofit organization. Can you talk a little bit further about how you kind of evolved from internship to president of Seafair? <laughs> yes, that's not a that's not a <laughs> typical path. So, um, so really, my my first five years were in the operations end of things, working on the torchlight parade, the scram balloon parade, community events programs, and then supporting the people who are putting on the Blue Angels hydroplane racing and and the other seafair events. Um, but between five year year five and year six, some people moved on who were doing the hydroplane races, so I moved up. 
to be able to work on the work on those events and we hired folks in to be able to do the the parade in those other events and I did that for about three years and uh, um, some of the hardest smokes rewarding work of being able to take over an event events of that scale to be able to put those on um, I left and then uh, in 2001 came back in 2005 and Seafair had had in the time I was away had picked up a marathon that we were putting on and that marathon turned into the rock and roll marathon Seattle. So we were putting this on in Bellevue in addition to all of our larger events and uh, we were really understaffed and it was it was hard and we you know but we we made it through and uh, from there I came in as the director of um, director of festival events. And uh, by the time that I had uh, left, uh, really about 2010, became the COO of Seafair. And so got to not only work on the events piece of it, but also how it all ties together with sponsorship, ticket sales, uh, the insurance, kind of all the other administrative backside pieces there as well, and really running the staff uh, at that point to be able to make sure all those events came together. So um, it was a, it, it seems like it was a, given that we're a small team of, you know, typically 10 or less, uh, it's a trial by fire of uh, being able to uh, be successful in each of those, uh, each of those roles and then be able to work your way up. Uh, I again left in 2015, about another decade at Seafair uh, and went off to work on the Special Olympics USA Games, which was in Seattle oh, wow. in 2018. And yeah. that brought together about um, 4,100 athletes and coaches who lived at the University of Washington. Uh, we had 14 sports, 18 special events, including an opening ceremony at Husky Stadium that was live on ABC and ESPN um, that had about 39,000 people there at the stadium. And it was this huge hoopla where we spent $16 million in seven days. It was like, I've never done that before. But the, um, you know, but the amazing part about that was really got me back to my first days at Seafair of like, what is this really about? Because at that event, it was really about the athletes, their families, this volunteerism and this love between of just, we're not doing this because we're trying to be able to win, like you do wanna win and be able to do your sport, but that's not the most important part of your day. And it was really that connection um, and having people be able to come be a part of that. Uh, we had a problem with volunteering at that event in that we had recruited a about 8,000 volunteers was our goal. We ended up with about 15,000 volunteers because there were people who were like, wanted to be a part of this so badly. We had to invent jobs like uh, creating a, a cheer line for them to be able to come from the housing down to the event site. Um, and then people would show up the next day like, I had such a good time yesterday. I know you don't have any shifts, but I want to work again. So, oh, wow. um, but, but it really, it gets back to the, why are we doing these things? And, and really at the core, it's like, it's this community, it's this family, it's this connection. And if we, you know, if we're doing Seafair right, we're going to have those connections. We're going to, we're going to, that is what it's going to be about. And, uh, and so as we talk about like, well, what do we want to do in the future? Or what do we want to be able to uh, make, make Seafair look like as we, as we move forward and stay relevant? A lot of that has to do with like, how are we connecting people together? How are we making these enjoyable experiences that isn't like a two minute roller coaster ride? Like these are multi hour events where it's going to, crescendo to uh, whatever the endpoint of that is, whether it's fireworks, Blue Angels, or, or whatnot. Wasn't sure. I was, didn't know that you were involved with the Special Olympics. That was a, a pretty big part around here. I taught special education oh, wow. at a high school around here. So I was, that was a big talk <laughs> in the yeah. classrooms that year, for sure. So I was, uh, thank you for all the, the work, putting that forward, because that, oh, that, that, was, that was huge. That event was was one of those moments of like it was just it felt really cleansing when you got to it and it was just like oh, wow this is why we do what yeah. we do and, uh, yeah. and 
and again, the team at Special Olympics who brought their expertise to that, uh, and also their kind of attitude and way. Like that was that was that moment of like, okay, I remember why I'm doing event producing. Like that's why that's my life's work, and uh, and this is the really got to the core very quickly about what it means when you're doing it right. Yeah, yeah, well, fantastic. Well, I want to talk more about Seafair as an organization. Um, I know last year COVID hit us really hard. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure Seafair was no exception. They had to cancel, I think, pretty much everything last year, last summer, because of safety precautions, right. making sure everyone's safe. Um, and this year, things are are different. They're not back to normal still. Um, Seafair had to kind of go towards more of like a hybrid, I guess we can call it, mm -hmm. um, for uh, the summer festivities. But how has the um, how's the organization been doing through it? How, how have they been able to stay out of bankruptcy and uh, really look forward to the future? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. Um, we have a we have a really strong support network uh, in uh, as as a festival. Um, it, it first and foremost starts with the volunteers and the people who make the, make up this festival who will support us in a lot of different ways. So when we needed to uh, when when the pandemic was happening and we needed to talk to our landlord about like okay, well this lease isn't going to work when there's only uh, one or two or three of us and and you know like how are we going to go do that? They were able to work with us on those things. So from a from a kind of the uh the working with our communities to be able to be real about where we're at and where we're where we're going with these things the other piece of it is our sponsors um and again their unwavering support of being able to work with us in especially in these times when we have agreements to say we're going to do these things and they're going to be able to deliver these things and none of that can happen with covid happening we needed to go back to uh square one and say okay this is what we can do together because we still want to celebrate. We still want to do that. What we talked about with the Special Olympics, what is that core of being able to bring people together? And even when we can't do it the same way, how do we do things that are virtual, that that are fun and still in, interactive and, and, and whatnot? And is there anything we can do to get out in the community? So the sponsors themselves, when I get back to folks like Boeing, who's been around since the very first Seafair, uh, Capital One Cafe, Alaska Airlines, Amazon, uh, Home Street Bank, and then on the uh, iHeartMedia with all their radio stations have done a tremendous amount of promotion for us of these virtual events that people really don't know exactly how they work. And King TV is, is the last one who has uh, supported us to be able to build um, television shows like the 4th of July show that we had on last week uh, that we that we made an hour long show out of the 2019 fireworks show. Mm -hmm. And then on August 7th this year, we're gonna do a Seafair Salutes 75 years of the Blue Angels because it's their 75th anniversary this year. So those sponsors have really come together to be able to provide a financial backing as well as a you know that the the other elements to try to be as active as we can in the community so this summer when we called it hybrid the the hybrid really means that there are still the you know fleet week is still a series of events that are happening online and there's yeah. uh, there'll be uh the coast guard will be down on the on the pier one day doing a uh search and rescue helicopter demonstration some other pieces on the on pier 62 but for the most part all of those events are online or in part of a television show we have two events that we were able to do this year uh live and in person one of them was is the um Torchlight Run presented by Capital One Cafe. That'll be on July 31st down in uh, Myrtle Edwards Park on the waterfront. The um, phase three 
rules, if you remember back to that in the springtime, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. allowed us to be able to do a run with up to 900 people. Now those rules have loosened and changed where we can have more people than that. But we decided that if we could do something in the in the actually physical with the that open to the public, we would do it. So we did that mm -hmm. event. And then there were rules that allowed us to be able to do the uh, triathlon. Um, and the Seafair Triathlon, we moved it out of Seattle over to uh, uh, Issaquah at, uh, at the state park over there on Lake Sammamish. And, uh, and so that event will be happening July 24th. So our hybrid, we kind of got out of our shell a little bit of, of being able to be in public. Um, there's also a couple other events that we're doing that are actual live events uh, that are happening this summer. So we uh, have an, a, a radio call-in promotion that's happening. It's called We Bring Seafair to You. And uh, this was developed last summer and we had such a great response for doing it again. So this will happen in the end of July and the beginning of August. Um, they'll, there'll be four weekends. You basically call into one of the iHeartMedia radio stations. You'll have more details about this on our website. Um, mm -hmm. We'll get to pick one of four neighborhoods. On Friday, they'll announce what neighborhood won. And on Saturday morning, about 10 a.m., We'll have pirates, clowns, hydroplanes, and a number of other vehicles just to make a ruckus. And literally, we're going up and down people's the the neighborhood streets. So it's not not all arterials. We're actually going down you know streets with houses on both sides, and uh, and and uh, again, just that surprise and delight moment of like it's it's a Sunday Saturday morning, and suddenly there was pirates in my front yard, you know, and uh, uh, driving through those communities. So it was an opportunity to do something. It was COVID safe last year, but also it allowed the moment of pirates to be pirates and clowns to be clowns. I mean, those folks have been volunteering for years for Seafair and as those characters and being able to, I don't even call them characters, they really are pirates. And, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and we want to make sure that they have opportunities to be able to perform and be able to interact with the public in a safe way. So, um, you know, it, as we try to develop what is, what does this hybrid thing look like? We really wanted to see what, what was the, um, what, what can we do that's outdoors and with the public and also online and providing some quality entertainment? Yeah. Well, that's fun. How creative that, you know, the, um, I forget what the exact title is, but when the, the pirates and, yeah. and, we, uh, yeah, it's bring, we bring Seafair to you. Yeah. Yeah. I followed that on, on, on Facebook and social media last year. That was fun to see. And uh, it's fun to, to hear that it's coming back again this year. And I will say that King Five also did a, a nice hydro tribute last year as well. Oh my gosh! Yes, King, yeah. they actually produced that, uh, and that was uh, um, it was called Seventy Years of Hydroplane Racing because, mm -hmm. of course, when COVID hit, was when we were supposed to have the seventieth year of hydroplane racing in Seattle. So, um, yeah, that was an amazing show. It was kind of like this this little shot of nostalgia that was just needed at that moment, looking at the oh, drivers yeah. and the and the uh, the races from before, and then talking to the drivers from today. Uh, and just really how the sport has evolved. It was, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I am hopeful that King will uh, re-air that um, in August when we're doing our 75th anniversary Blue Angel show, but uh, I don't have any confirmation on that yet. Yeah, well, hopefully they can. That was a great show, and <clears throat> I did have a lot of fans that aren't from the area wanted, wanted to see that, and luckily they, uh, fortunately, they put it on, on YouTube as well, so some people oh, out of the area got to see it as well, so that was, that was fantastic. Good. Yeah. Well, this this year, I'm talking about the, the hybrid of the festivities. On April 21st, was announced Seafair would be moving towards hybrid and virtual levels for this year due to the COVID restrictions. That included the hydroplane races not in Blue Angels not being performed in person. Some deemed it kind of a little bit early to have done so. Could you talk a little bit about that and tell the listeners 
what went into that decision to, at that time, mainly with the, the hydroplane and Blue Angels to not have that in person for this year and kind of what it takes and how much planning goes involved in, uh, in the hydroplane races and in Blue Angels at Seafair. Sure. Uh, happy to talk about that. So I'm going to start with um, kind of going back even further. So if I go back into May of 2020, when we canceled uh, in that year for COVID, we had a number of our vendors, the so folks who bring out tables, tents, uh, folks who do electrical, folks who do all sorts of support structures, the people who uh, actually own and, and operate the hydroplane boats, the folks who have to maintain all the airplanes in the, and uh, there's a, a probably 18 different federal, local, state agencies we get permits from in order to make all this happen. And we can't, didn't cancel until May of 2020 and got uh, a number of them who said, well, look, this is, this is too close to the event in order for us to be able to gear up and be able to make things happen. Uh, and so as we were looking at the uncertainty in the spring of 2021, um, we really had drawn a line in the sand and said, look, we're going to do this in late April. Uh, of being able to make a hard go, no go decision. And so we have worked with each of those groups to be able to see where they were able to stretch and where we were able to, can we pull this thing forward any? Um, and really the April 21st came out to be the date that we needed to really make it, make a, a, um, a decision and be able to make that public so that people who had purchased tickets could get refunds or roll them over to for two years. And the folks that are actually providing the entertainment or permitting or the other, um, the other vendors providing structure and and the sponsors for their activations like everybody needed that amount of time to be able to execute from there forward so and at that time we were in phase three in king county um looked like we were headed to phase two um mm -hmm. and the, the numbers were bad and and it would look like we were going to roll back and about six weeks later everything looked like it was going to open up and then suddenly june 30th came and things started to open up a lot more so that was part of the crystal ball that the um, working with the um the city and the state and the county no one was willing to be able to kind of forecast what was going to happen because they didn't know and they also didn't want us to be able to go and spend a, a lot of money to be able to not have an event because again that's financially is uh, is is death <laughs> so right. we don't we, we want there to be another seafare more than we want to be able to go make sure there's blue angels in 2021 so yeah our, our um you know our our efforts we 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 did a, again lots of communication uh and again we we've already started that communication with all these agencies and 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 everyone for 2022 we know the blue angels are coming next year it'll be august 5 through 7 2022 um over lake washington that's already been settled in and uh, we'll find out about the blue angels in 2023 this december as they choose okay. schedule two years in advance so um anyway we that's that's kind of the short and the long story of you know the partnerships and and the amount of funding that we have to put in april was really the was really our drop dead date in order to be able to do something of this scale yeah. So this will really help the longevity of, of Seafair for many years to come then. Yes. Am I correct to say that? Yep. Yes. Yeah. And, and and again, this is um, it's it's a it's a huge undertaking to be able to do this year after year. And we want to make sure that we have the right um, people as well as the right funding sources, whether that's your ticket sales or sponsorships or uh, fundraising, the people making donations, you know, that all of those elements are are up and healthy and that we didn't do something that was, um, well, either unsafe or it was um, just wasn't up to the ex quality expectations we've made for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
at the end of in, end of June, just a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, Jay Inslee, uh, our state governor of Washington, opened up the state to to be more normal with less restrictions for COVID. Did the organization think of trying to run a more normal seafarer at all at that point, or was it really just trying to think more about the future and maintain that future uh, of seafarer? So we did. We we did think about like, is it possible for us to be able to go? Um, do just a hydroplane race, do just mm-hmm. blue angels, do just a fireworks show, any of those things. And really the, there are, are the, what it takes to be able to put events on at this scale is so interdependent between the agencies, the funding, the, our sponsors, people buying tickets and, and other things like that, that it just really wasn't reasonable for us to go put on a show or that's a piece of one of the shows uh, in that short amount of time. So we asked a lot of questions and, and, uh, we were very surprised that this was happening so quickly, but, um, the, the, the answer really was the right thing to do was to be able to put ourselves in a good position for, uh, Seafarer 2022. And we've, we've already begun working on some new elements and new pieces of what we'll be doing in Seafarer 2022. Okay. Can you share any of the, those new pieces at this time, or is that kind of behind no. closed doors talk. No, not at all. Actually, this is the fun part of this job is like we get to do celebrations. So let's talk to people about where we're going. So the um, the first thing is at the we showed this on the 4th of July TV show, which actually there's a link on our uh, Seafair website. If you'd like to see the show, we took all the commercials out. So it's about 45 minutes. But there's a segment in there where we talk about a drone show, um, which includes bringing 200 to 300 drones up over Lake Union. Uh, before the fireworks start, and they actually will be animated and dance to music, uh, and be able to, you know, be in different colors, shapes, and and and, uh, uh, and a great example of that is actually on our website. We worked with a company back in Michigan who filmed this for us this past May, um, and then we and tend to have a uh, an example of what this would look like, um, and then uh, we plan to bring them out live and and where you can actually be underneath them. Those drone shows are three or four football fields wide. So the scope oh, wow. of it is just enormous and uh, really pair, pairs well with the uh, fireworks show and should look fantastic with the city skyline below it and the water reflecting the lights back up from, from underneath to a uh, to a thump and soundtrack. So <laughs> um, anyway, it's if you haven't seen it, it's well worth uh, going to take a peek at that um, in our 4th of July fireworks show. So that's that's one of the things I'm really excited about in 2022 of something that's, that we're not definitely not the first people to do it, but it's different. And it's uh, and it should be fun, and we get to do that and fireworks. It's not uh, we don't have to choose. Nice. Second thing we're doing is um, is called a uh, floating concert series. So we've uh, teamed up with a producer that has a, um, a retired ferry boat from Alaska that we can put an actual oh. concert stage on with all the sound lights, uh, the LEDs. Uh, and be able to go put bands on that are actual full-size stage. The stage is only about three or four feet off the water, the way the ferry is designed. And so, and we can, and again, it's the, the, the side of the ferry is the part that's open. So it's about a hundred feet wide uh, on the stage where the stage is open to the public and people could come boat in, uh, be able to bring a kayak, be able to bring your stand-up paddleboard, come in on a, uh, uh, on a flamingo floaty, be able to come in with your boat, uh, whatever, and, uh, and be able to come see music uh, on the water. So this year we're going to do two um, uh, dates where we are going to test out, and we're, basically there are pilot program dates on, on uh, 
August 15th and August 29th on this. It's basically it's a Sunday afternoon in South Lake Union. And so okay. we'll bring out some bands. We'll, we'll invite the public to be able to come down and see. It really doesn't have a beach experience to it because it's made for boaters um, this year. And then when we get to next year, our intention is to be able to take this uh, around Lake Union and Lake Washington and be able to say, you know, we're going to go to Renton on uh, Kulon Park one of the weekends in July and we'll go have a concert on the beach and then invite people to come out on. We'll provide floaties and, and inner tubes and whatnot to be able to come splash around in the water while the band plays and uh, provide some food and beverage uh, opportunities on the beach and, and kind of create this floating concert um series and then the next weekend we'd pick up and go to kirkland and next weekend we'd pick up and go to seafair weekend or fourth of july yeah. wherever we end up so we're, we're looking to be able to create some new experiences of bringing music and food and and people splashing around in the water together um and be able to again it's just something new that uh you don't huh. you see in other parts of the country you don't typically see around here and uh we've we've i think we've got all the logistics figured out that's part of having a pilot program this year to make sure that we have all those parts and pieces down before we take it on the road so anyway yeah. that's, that's that's super unique. Yeah, yeah that's that's super unique yeah that'd be that'd be fun to see after the hydro plan race uh, on lake washington there you got that right so um and uh and so and and number three really has to do with the uh the the blue angels and that the blue angels this year was their 75th anniversary but and they've changed over from the from the uh f-18 hornet to the f-18 super hornet jet and the 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 jets are 20 percent larger they are louder and they are faster than the jets that we've seen in the sky before. So the uh, experience out on the water and on the land around uh, Lake Washington where the Blue Angels are out, it should be spectacular. And so we have not had an opportunity to have these jets uh, perform here in Seattle. So next year will be our first time to be able to see this brand new show with these uh, with this with these brand new jets. And so the the Blue Angels performance should be a standout in in uh, in just just this size and scope of it should just feel bigger and louder. I love the rumble in my chest when they when they oh, yeah. roll over the top. <laughs> the Blue Angels also have a brand new C-130 they call Fat Albert. Um, and that plane has not performed at Seafair for the last three or four years because Fat Albert has been has been uh, under repairs and all sorts of things. They actually purchased a new Fat Albert uh, C-130. So they have a brand new uh, Fat Albert plane to be able to come perform over the lake as well. So it'd be great to be able to see that uh, that performance come back in addition to all the other air show uh, uh, features that we have over the lake. Awesome. Well, fantastic. Yeah, I, I was thinking back in the last few seafarers, I don't, I don't remember seeing Fat Albert, so it'll be fun to see that part of the show again. And are the hydroplanes in, signed up again for next year, the same weekend? Yep. So we've been talking to all, each of the hydroplane associations, even the vintage folks about the, you know, our, we know our dates are uh, August 5 through 7, 2022. And uh, everyone is excited to be able to come back uh, and, and be able to uh, and, and race at Seafair. You know, it is uh, they've been doing the racing online, which we've made part of our virtual festival with the uh, uh, the hydroplane video game, which actually looks really good. It looks like you're in Seattle yeah. and the, we had the real drivers driving the hydroplanes in the video game. So it was it was impressive. The the product they put out on that, but it's it's not the same as being able to see those hydros come off the dock and again, re really feel and see the, the action of those rooster tails up around in the north turn. So right. anyway, right. I'm excited to be able to get back out and be able to have these real experiences with folks oh, wow. uh and and uh and you know and be able to it's seafair it, is not a um you know an hour-long adventure where you came in you saw something and you left like it there's this whole evolution to the day 
Yeah. Yeah. It's really turned into the summer of Seafair, right? It's a summer of Seattle here. You mentioned that the the virtual racing for the Hydrosim racers, there, there's going to be a, a virtual race this year with the Hydrosim, correct? Yes. Yep. They'll be doing the simulation for Seattle. They're they're actually racing on the water in the Tri Cities the uh, two weeks before. They because of the way the calendar works out, there's actually there's two weeks between Tri Cities and Seattle this year when there's typically just one week. Um, but so they'll they'll um, the the folks at uh, H1 Unlimited uh, we've spoken and they tell me that they'll um, be doing a, another one of the simulated hydroplane races for Seattle this year. Awesome. Will that be televised or will people be able to watch that online? I think they'll be able to watch it online. So I would keep keep uh, keep track of what's being said on the um, uh, through the H1 social media. I know that our team at Seafair is waiting to be able to find out those exact dates and times. So what they did last year was actually did it on Seafair Sunday. They they actually had the races. So it was if they hold this if they hold that same plan, that would be Sunday, August 8th. Um, okay. but if they do something different, obviously social media will be the first place we get to know. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, I know there's another, I don't know if you would call this an event, but it's a benefit for Seafair on August 5th called Cocktail on the Blues. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you bet. This is actually our first in-person event um, outside the running event and the triathlon event, but first real in-person event that we're doing in, uh, in since really COVID had hit. Um, and so the uh, the event's called Cocktails in the Blues. It's at the Museum of Flight in Seattle, and it is a fundraiser for Seafair. And really, it's it's being able to support Seafair as we trans transition into live events for 2022. We'll need to have funds to be able to pay staff and be able to pay um, the uh, deposits and you know all the other pieces to be able to make a live event at this scale happen uh, in 2022. So uh, given that we don't have any um, we, we don't have a uh, any ticket sales for this year, we're going to do this uh, fundraiser. So at the fundraiser, it, uh, it's uh, August 5th from 6 uh, p.m. till about 9 p.m. We'll have uh, former Blue Angels. One of them is a former pilot. Another, the other is a former officer with the Blue Angels. We'll have some legendary hydro drivers in the room. Uh, and then we, we uh, will also have, uh, you know, kind of a welcome cocktail because it's a cocktail party. Our Blue Angel uh, uh, pilot and the officer will actually have about 10 minutes on stage where we're going to actually talk a little bit about what it's like to be a Blue Angel as well as the kind of the specifics of like, what are these Super Hornets like in addition to like, what makes Seattle so special? Because they come to Seattle every single year. And that's not true for um, most of the cities that uh, that the Blue Angels work with. They often will rotate out and go different places every year. So the tickets for this are 175000 uh, $175 per person. That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and includes the drink and there's heavier d'oeuvres. And, uh, and then there's some other Seafair uh, themed surprises we have throughout the evening. So if you want to be able to, uh, to uh, for more information on it, it's just seafair.org slash cocktails. Um, or you can just go to seafair.org and, and find the cocktails in the blues event, but it's our, it's only in person. There's no, there's no video streaming or any other, uh, remote, uh, access to this, but if you're in the Seattle area and you can make it, I'd highly recommend it. We're going to have, uh, kind of the Seafair family getting back together and be able to do a little celebration, do a cocktail party, a reason to get dressed up together and, uh, and, uh, and hopefully raise some money for, uh, the organization to be able to move forward. We are a Seafair is a 501c3 nonprofit, so your donations are tax deductible. Well, it sounds like a really fun evening uh, and a way to give back to Seafair. 
and also um, get to you know see some different people that are around the organization as well as some previous Blue Angel pilots. And you said you have some hydroplane legends that will be there. Do you yep. have any names you can share at this time or? So Billy Shoemaker has has committed to to be at the event. I can tell you, Chip Hanauer is out on vacation somewhere. So that you know, those are those are some of my. <laughs> I'm going to leave the rest of them to be a surprise because I I don't want to I don't want to ruin the surprise on that. But again, this is really meant to be a cocktail party where you can go up and speak with these folks one on one, and the, you can really get to get to know and be able to speak with people. So we don't. Um, we really were looking for that community aspect of this to be together rather than having a long stage show and a lot of videos to watch. And like, I've had enough of that. Like, I just really want to talk with people. Well, that's a, that's a fun experience. It'll be for that, that evening. So hopefully a lot of people can attend that. That'll be just a fun night. Yeah. Fun night. Be fantastic. Well, is there anything else on that weekend that we can look forward to? Again, you said there's some, some televised events for the blue angels. Yeah, so the so the event is on is on Thursday evening at six p.m. August five is the cocktails and the blues event. On August seventh, that's Saturday evening at eight p.m. on Kong TV, uh, we will have the seventy fifth anniversary of the Blue Angels. It's a uh, uh, again looking back at a at the history of the Blue Angels as well as talking about them in Seattle and and a lot more information on the Super Hornet and some actual flights uh, from the Super Hornets from some air shows this spring back in the East Coast. So we we have some fantastic footage in there of uh, to be able to show what we've got coming in store for us next summer. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, I'm glad to hear things are, are going okay at the organization Seafair and look forward to returning to fully in person next year and having some great events around Seattle. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. This has been uh, this has been a heck of a time to to be a festival, but I know that there's a lot of people out there hurting in all sorts of ways. So we wish the best for them and uh, hope that everyone can come back together next summer and be able to enjoy these enjoy these events. Yeah. I hope so too. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Eric. Hey, thank you so much, David. Have a great yeah. day. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our episode. Make sure you come back next week to listen to our next episode. We release new episodes every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player, as well as rate and review your experience. For more updates on Hydro News, check us out on social media. We're on the major players, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Rooster Talk is also online with our website, www.roostertailtalk.com. On the website, you can sign up for an email subscription list to get notifications on upcoming episodes, Hydro News, podcast updates, and much, much more. Finally, this is a free podcast to all of our listeners. And if you're really enjoying your experience and want to help us to continue to grow and expand, please donate. You can find a link to donate through PayPal on our website through the support tab. So until next time, I hope to see you at the races.